0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets.
1: Welcome to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez Rada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a pilot that's bringing technology and innovation to animal rescue. I will tell you all about him and introduce you as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. Take a bite out of your competition, advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Rada. And today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a pet parent. He's a cat guy, an entrepreneur, a pilot, and an adventure seeker. He is a road tripper, a foodie, a wine snob, and a world traveler. He's a fitness fanatic and happens to be a cat dad to five female cats. Their names are Gracie, Ash, Ember, Grimmy.
0: Grammy, yep, you got it. Grammy!
1: And Squeak. He's originally from New Jersey, but currently lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He's also the founder of Dubert. And Dubert, he describes as halfmatch.com, half Uber. And we're going to talk all about that. He is my guest today. His name is Chris Roy. Welcome, Chris. It's so great to have you on the show. Thank you, Isabel. I'm really excited to be here with you. I am so excited to find out more about all the things that you are doing for Animal Rescue because I'm a huge fan of technology, and I think technology always makes things better. But before we talk about that, I need to introduce our drinking game today. So Chris can drink whenever he wants, and I can too. But any of our audience participating in our drinking game today, anytime you hear this word. The secret word is technology make sure you take a drink of whatever it is you're enjoying. But please be sure you're over 21 in the US to partake, never drink and drive and always drink responsibly. So what are you having
0: today, Chris? I have a good old vodka lemonade, nice and simple.
1: Simple. Keep it simple. I love a simple drink. I love four ingredients or less. And if it's 50-50, I'm even better with that. But today I'm having i <laughs> uh, I'm having a nigori milk punch. Okay. So it sounds really complicated. Ooh, like I did like a million fancy. things because punch, yeah. Punch makes it sound like I have yeah. like 20 ingredients in here. There are four ingredients. It's nigori sake, which is the unfiltered sake that's kind of cloudy and it has brandy in it. It has vanilla liqueur and just a few splashes of aromatic bitters. It's delicious. I will share the uh, recipe on my social media. Make sure you follow. And so here it is to you. Thank you for being on the show. I'm so excited to chat with you.
0: Exactly.
1: All right. So I always introduce, I'm like spilling all over myself. I always introduce (laughs) this show with a game. And today's first game is called Seeking Safety, because we're going to talk about the importance of animal transport in animal rescue. Are you ready to play?
0: I am ready to play.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so this is true and false statements. You will tell me if they're true or if they're false. You ready to play?
0: Okay, ready to go.
1: Let's do this. All right. Transport saves lives and provides relief to overcrowded and under-resourced shelters. True or false? True. Very true. Many shelters in the South don't have enough homes for the pets that need their care. Very true. The shelter overcrowding issue is mainly in Southern states.
0: Unfortunately, also very true.
1: Treatable and curable diseases like heartworm can be a death sentence for an otherwise adoptable pet in these under-resourced areas.
0: Badly very true.
1: That's so depressing. Pets in overcrowded shelters have a good chance of making it out of the shelter.
0: Unfortunately, false.
1: Only true if they have transport, right?
0: Yeah, that's, that's why we exist.
1: Exactly right. Shelter pets that are transported on airplanes have to be transported in compliance with the USDA interstate regulations. Very true. And finally, anybody can volunteer to transport homeless pets.
0: Yes, very true. Just go to Dubert. We're happy to help.
1: Awesome. I love that. I love that. I have transported before, but not enough. I feel like I have a ton of friends who transport regularly. I've done it a couple of times just kind of on social media. Hey, can somebody drive this? And I didn't have kids and I was, you know, working on my own schedule. So I did it a couple of times. But I feel like the fact that you're organizing it is just so, so wonderful. So I heard an interview that you did where you talked about, you know, somebody just asking to see if you, a pilot who I believe is a commercial pilot, is that right?
0: Commercially rated pilot. So.
1: Somebody had the audacity and the gumption (laughs) to ask for a favor of you once upon a time. And that's how Dubert came to be.
0: Isn't that always how these things start, right? Just it starts out with something really simple. I mean, this was uh, probably 2008. A friend of a friend said, hey, we have these dogs we're trying to get from, I think it was Kentucky up to Milwaukee. Can, you know, can Chris fly down and pick them up? And I was like wait, so I get to go flying and play with dogs? Like both of these things? I mean, it's like my two favorite things in the world. So I'm like, sure. I had no idea what I was doing. I had really no clue why it was happening. Right. And flew down there. I mean, that was my first transport. Flew down there, picked up the dogs, brought them back to Milwaukee. And I'll tell you when I landed and taxied over to the gate, I mean, you would have thought it was a superhero. I mean, there was probably 10 people from the rescue there and they had their cameras out and they were clapping and cheering. And I was like, Wow. Like this is this is a rush. This is great. And that was kind of like my first foray into rescue. And what ended up happening is after that my name started to get shared, right? People started saying, "Oh, I know someone that can do this and this." And so for years I was just handling these random emails from people, literally from all over the country. And I'm like, "People, I live in Wisconsin. I cannot <laughs> fly to California to fly to Oregon. You know, like it just it doesn't work." And I'm like There's got to be a place I can just go say, I live here, and here's how far I can fly. And then, you know, you can figure it out. But of course, it didn't exist. And that's when I said, Well, I'm going to go create this. And that's where the idea of Dubert was born.
1: That is so cool. Okay. So first of all, hats off to the person who had the gumption to ask for that favor, because that is, a. if that hadn't happened, then you wouldn't have Dubert, all of these pet rescues wouldn't have this resource. So hats off to whomever that was. And second, okay. So when people pilots are volunteering for these kinds of situations, is it their own plane? Is it a rented plane? How does that work? Yeah, it's, it's
0: often, it's both really. So I was a like part owner of a plane. It was in a club. So I would use club planes. Others use their own planes. Some people rent planes. And, you know, the concept is they call it a rescue relay transport. And so there's drivers, there's pilots, right? There's you're moving an animal from one place to another by handing them off along a chain of volunteers. And sometimes these volunteers can be could be 25 or 30 of these volunteers strung in a line. So these animals can move, you know, a thousand, two thousand. We had one transport that was 2,500 miles.
1: Wow. Yeah. So it's not like one person does from the beginning to the end. It's like a it's right. like a convoy.
0: Yeah. You know, the best analogy I give people is remember in high school, you know, you had the relay race, the baton race, and that's kind of what's happening, except instead of going in a circle, we're going a straight line. And so if you were to go from, say, Florida up to Wisconsin, you kind of break that into segments. and no one person wants to drive 14 hours straight, um, even though they love animals. So you got to do it one person to the next to the next along that along that route.
1: Perfect. That is so cool. That is such a great concept. And I do believe I was part of a when I did it in Louisiana, I was part of kind of like it was the dog was coming from Houston, it went to Lake Charles, which was about 35 40 minutes from where I lived. And then I drove the dogs to Baton Rouge and they were supposed to keep going somewhere, but they ended up staying in Baton Rouge. I'm still in touch with the people who adopted the dogs. They just passed away. This was a long time ago, but these dogs were in such poor shape like skin and bones had been completely neglected in Houston and they ended up getting this amazing life because of all of us involved in transporting them. So I know you have like 34, 35,000 volunteers on your software platform right now. That's so amazing. But let's say that somebody's watching and they're like, okay, they go on Jubert and they can't find any transports in their area. How can they get Jubert active in their local area?
0: Yeah, that's a great point because it is one of those challenges, right? That we sign up people all over the country, but I can't predict when all these transports are happening. And you know, the best thing I try to tell them to do is to reach out to your local shelter and say, "Hey, listen, I want to be a volunteer." And oh, by the way, have you heard of this thing Dubert? They coordinate transport, they coordinate fostering, they've got all these technology tools. And you know, my goal is really to bring people and shelters together, right? And that's it. They're Prior to Do Root, there really was no easy way for every shelter to find the types of volunteers they needed. And there was no way for volunteers to indicate how they wanted to get involved. So as you pointed out, some people can transport regularly. Some people can't. Some people can be a foster. Some people can't. But there's also need for virtual volunteers and in-person volunteers and photographers. And I mean, you name it, there's so many roles that people can play. So I always just say when people, we do get that question a lot, people will reach out and say, hey, there's no transports in my area. What do I do? And we say, listen, reach out to your local shelter, offer your help, and then share with them. Say, hey, look, this resource exists and people like myself want to help out. So check it out. That is so cool. So,
1: Dubert came from the name of a cat, correct?
0: Dubert was a cat, yes.
1: So, what does Dubert even mean? Why did that cat have a name (laughs) like Dubert? It totally works for technology, by the way. Like, that is just like serendipitous. Where did Dubert come from?
0: So, the story on Dubert the cat. So, I had, you know, when I graduated in the mid 90s from college, my first cat uh, I had was Jean Luc. Star Trek The Next Generation was a yes, you know, real popular TV program. Yeah. And I loved the name Jean Luc. I just thought great, it was a cool.
1: great name. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. So I named the cat Jean Luc. So, when I was getting my second cat, I went into work and I'm like, what am I going to name this cat? And of course, people are like naming off things from the show. Oh, Geordi and Worf and, you know, all these other things. But it didn't feel appropriate. I'm like, who is Jean Luc's nemesis? Right. And the answer is Q. Right the character you probably remember, Q, uh-huh. you know, it was John Delancey. Uh-huh. And I was like, great. So the cat's name is Q. So I had Jean-Luc in Q and I was like, really excited until you go to the vet, right? And you bring the cat in and the vet goes, okay. So, or the people checking you and they say, what's the cat's name? And I go Q and they go Q and I go, yeah, Q. And they go, Q what? I'm like, Q, you mean C-U-E? No, the letter Q. Just the letter Q? Yes, just the letter Q. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to do this every time. So very quickly, on all the vet records, Q became Quincy just because it was easier to say to people, his name is Quincy. Oh, okay, cool. But I call him Q. And so you go, okay. So then Q, Q was just this, he was a not the smartest cat. He was a farm cat, but he was an old soul. And so he would, you know, throughout the house, he'd be upstairs like two floors up, and you'd hear him bellow. And I'd be like, Q Bert. And he'd meow, you know, and over time, Cubert. Remember the '80s video game, right? You're old enough to remember that. Morphed into Dubert, and so it became like this call. I'd be like Dubert, and he'd hear meow, and he would literally kind of like echolocate to come find me. And the name kind of stuck. And then everybody in the family became Berts, you know. So mommy Bert and daddy Bert and um, Dubert. Yeah, he was. He was just this old soul cat that just loved being with you and. When I was trying to come up with a name for the site so once I had the idea and was building the software I'm like what am I gonna you know I tried like everybody right you go out and you try all these different urls and nothing nothing was available it was too long or whatever and I just saw a picture of Dubert sitting on my desk and I'm like I wonder and it was like Dubert and it goes it's available I'm like this might actually just work
1: that is perfect that is so perfect I love that I love technology coming together I love ideas coming together I love that Dubert's still involved from the Rainbow Bridge. I assume he's no longer with us? Correct. Correct. Okay. Well, I want to talk more about innovation and pets and rescue, but we do need to listen to our sponsors for a few minutes, and then we'll be right back with more on all of the things that Jubert and his uh, subsequent technology are doing for pet rescue. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs>
0: There's a six-inch tray for large bowls and a four-inch
1: tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com.
0: C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio.
1: Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel alvarez rada And today I'm speaking to Chris Roy, who is the founder and president of Dubert, a technology that is all about innovating the animal rescue process. And initially it was all about connecting transporters and rescues, but it hasn't stopped at that. I mean, you all are really innovating the processes that rescues have to deal with on a daily basis. So, Chris, before we play our second game, will you tell me more about all of the things you offer to rescues?
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's kind of crazy when I look back on seven years and it, we've done so much. And we are still the only platform out there that does support volunteer-based transport, which is amazing. We've got a foster module, which is allows two-way text messaging and all sorts of communications vehicle. And we just came out with a case management module, which helps for community case management and things like that. We've got a donation platform on there so that they can make fundraisers. We have ways for the kind of like the, the match.com angle is the rescues and shelters have Tools that they can search for and find each other and favorite each other and, and all those other kinds of things. And there's just so much more I want to do and so much more planned because my belief is technology is vastly needed in this in this animal welfare world. And I, I said for years, I said, I know my goal, if I can save you time, you're going to save more animals. And that has been proven over and over again, is that if I can bring them the tools, the time that I save them people spend saving more animals, which just warms my heart to know that you know we are a part of helping them to be more efficient about their animal life saving.
1: I love that. I love that. I'm all about saving time. I think that, like you said, people rescues, businesses, everybody gets in the weeds of the day-to-day and it keeps them from producing and getting results. So I absolutely agree. In any space, we need technology and innovation. And that brings me To our second game today, it's called Innovation Station. I'm going to give you one minute, one minute on my handy dandy clock here. And you're going to tell me, because you have a podcast all about innovation in pet care and pet services and pet products. I want you to tell me in one minute, all of the awesome pet products, services, technologies that you have interviewed in your show that are worthy of a mention, you know, like something that's really making a huge difference. You think you can do it?
0: Oh, I'm going to have to try all right
1: all right and it doesn't even have to be somebody you've interviewed maybe it's somebody you want to or you have your sights set on interviewing
0: okay all right here we go let us start my clock <laughs> go all right so i've interviewed all sorts of people that are doing amazing things with pet food so my blue mella pet care um there's been all sorts of amazing technologies for cancer. So that there are people sequencing the cancer genome in dogs. I, and all their names, of course, are gonna escape me. But Vet Guardians, another cool product that I love, love, love. It allows veterinarians to essentially remotely monitor so that a sensor that doesn't even have to be in the cage of the animal. They can monitor the temperature and all these other kinds of things remotely. I've interviewed so many people, it's like it's so, all like coming back to you all at the same time. I mean, I feel like all this pressure. Um, there's there's been all sorts of people doing amazing things for like services, like doggy daycares, but taking them to another level. There's spot on. Spot does amazing things where they're helping, they are truly like the Uber for people with pets, right? And in New York City, and now they're even supporting people that have service dogs and other things like that. Boy, I can't even think of all you're the done, You're done. You're done. done. You went over done. one minute.
1: That's perfect. Congratulations. <laughs> you did it. I mean, you gave us a few businesses and organizations to support. I did see that you interviewed, it was it a boarding facility that takes care of, of special needs pets specifically. Yep. Yes. You've done all sorts of products, veterinary care uh, services. So definitely check out the pet innovation
0: show is that what the it's animal called? innovation show. So yeah, just go to dubert.com and then podcast, right? And you'll see the show. It's on YouTube and all those other channels.
1: Yes, it's so cool. Again, because I'm a huge fan of innovation. So other than Dubert, are there any other companies that we should follow in rescue specifically that are trying to innovate?
0: Wait, that's a good one. A good friend of mine, Jessica Schlater from Adoptimize. She's developed a technology that you know you take a picture of an animal, but in a shelter they don't always have the best backgrounds. So they auto superimpose like these beautiful backgrounds and make these animals so much more adoptable. You really got to check it out. It's really cool what they can do just with a photo. There's other I'm trying to think about all the other ones. I mean, there's so many people that are trying to get into the to help out in this industry, and I mean, I'm happy to do what I can to help.
1: That's awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. Photos are everything. That's what I've heard is that a bad photo will keep a pet in a shelter way longer than a good photo. I have a friend, Jeannie Taylor, who is in Charleston right now. She was just named Charleston's best pet photographer, but she got her start in basically photographing pets in Northern Virginia, where she and I networked together. She takes great photos of these pets. She was volunteering with all sorts of rescue organizations. And it's so different to see like this quality photo that she takes versus, you know, what I would take on like my cell phone. Right. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Totally different situation. You're absolutely
0: right. I mean, pictures, videos of animals. I mean, that's what really helps to get them because you can get their personality. I mean, these are they're sentient beings, right? They have a personality. I mean, I, five cats, right? They are all different. They're not the same cat. But if you just, if I showed you pictures of all five, right, they all kind of look the same. So to have tools to get videos, to get different views of their personality, put backgrounds on them, that's the stuff that volunteers can do. And I mentioned before, remotely, Right. Imagine being able to do that. You can help an organization in Tennessee when you live up in New England because you can do these kinds of things remotely with the way technology works today.
1: You mentioned uh, the South being like kind of like a hot zone for underserved pets. Is that something that has always been the case? Is there anything that we, I live in the South, I live in Texas. Is there anything that we can do here in our area, whether it be, you know, politically voting for things or supporting monetarily, what can we do so that the South can rise up in some ways, you know, so that we can help the pets here in this area or in these areas?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I always harken back to the days of Bob Barker, right? Always remember spay neuter your pets, right? That's, yes. that's literally the first thing. I mean, that we, we say in the animal rescue world, this is a problem caused by humans and we as humans can fix it. And span new to your pets, that's like literally the, the most basic thing you can do. The second thing is just consider how you can be a volunteer. It doesn't mean you have to spend 20 hours a week or five times a month, even once a month, right? If you're being a transporter or if you're being a foster for a week or for a month, kitten season, anytime in the spring is just kitten season galore. Kittens are... It's like seven out of, there's 70% of the animals that are euthanized in shelters now. And you think, but little cute little kittens, yeah, because they take work, uh, particularly in the first eight weeks of their life. And it's such, oh my God, kittens are so much fun. You know, even though the little neonates, but imagine being able to bottle feed kittens and take care of them. So there's so many ways that people can contribute to this. And, you know, if you have a compassion for animals, that's how we're going to fix this, right? We can't transport our way out of the problem. We have to start at the beginning. We have to start at how do we help the animal? How do we make sure they're spayed and neutered? How do we make sure that we're eliminating the need to euthanize these animals just due to to space? So that would be the best way I would say people can get involved.
1: Yes, please keep your pets in your house, especially if they're not spayed and neutered. So they're not going out and procreating left and right, spay and neuter, vaccinate. So all the pets that are here are, you know, safe. We can do TNR, I'm sure, which is uh, something really important in our area, too. I see I see people really active all over social media trying to do TNR. I actually did take care of neonatal kittens in Louisiana, and it was one of those social media things where somebody was like, haven't seen the mama. It's been four days. Somebody take these cats. and." Right. I had I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but that is a big commitment, but it's the most rewarding thing. And they're so cute. These little burritos that you're bottle feeding. They're awesome. Okay. So speaking of supporting organizations and rescues, are there any organizations that you specifically like to promote, like to support?
0: So I'm a big fan of, I mean, the, the nationals, right? So the ASPCA is a, a phenomenal organization. They do So much. I mean, I know everybody's probably familiar with their commercials and things like that, but Mm -hmm. there's, they move, they transport way more animals than even we do. They transport about almost 40,000 animals a year through their programs. And it's just amazing the work that these people do. They're often the, I always say they're often the unsung heroes, right? Because you hear about them, but you don't always see them. Um, So they're a great organization. Um, there's a number of different organizations. So Dallas Pets Alive uh, down in your area, down in the Texas area and the Spay Neuter Network, we've worked very closely with them actually on the development of our case management module. So they're amazing. And there's different uh, Pets Alive, almost like a yes. franchise, almost kind of yes, the yes. idea. So Houston Pets Alive, Austin Pets Alive, Chicago Pets Alive. There's different organizations like that that have really um, kind of spun up. There's, there's about 25,000 Animal rescues uh, in the U.S. and are right around 4,800 animal shelters. So there's so many worthy organizations, and animal rescue is one of those things that's very, it's very location specific. So the challenges mm-hmm. that you have down there in Texas, while we're all caring for animals, are different than some of the challenges we have up here in Wisconsin. And what people don't often realize is the types of animals that are adopted. Are also very different. It's really crazy when when you can look at it like I can from a national level, down in the southeast, so California, New Mexico, you know, Phoenix area, lots and lots and lots of little dogs, chihuahuas, right? They're just very popular. But go up in the East Coast, you can't find them right. because there's there's just, there, but we're euthanizing them over here, and they need to get up over there. So there's so many organizations that are trying to solve this problem, um, but it's it's hard. Every Every community is different. So what I always tell people is look within your community. They can, they can go to Dubert, right? We check every one of our organizations. We recheck them every year. We're the only ones that do that. So if you're looking for a reputable organization, you can go to Dubert. You can find an organization near you. I would definitely encourage people to reach out to them and just say, hey, listen, I want to help. What's right. the best way I can help? Um, because most of these rescues in particular, they're people like you and I, right. That are, you know, working, working day jobs, and then they're trying to do what they can to help animals at nights and, and and weekends. And the shelters have a little bit more structure and operations, but trust me, they need, they need help as well. So too many organizations to name, but I gave you at least a couple. That
1: is awesome. Yes. I want to shout out to Nova Pets Alive, my former business partner, Beth. Always been highly involved in Nova Pets Alive. They do amazing work over there. Northern Virginia is very blessed, but they still have plenty of animals that they adopt out from West Virginia, actually. So there's a lot of transporting that happens there. Uh, So I want to ask you to let us know how my audience can learn more about Dubert and volunteer through the Dubert platform.
0: Yeah, so because I still work a day job, everything is automated, right? So you can just go to dubert.com. There's a nice big dog and he's looking right at the big button that says sign up. And it's all super, super easy. The system will walk you through creating your profile, and then you get to decide, I want to be a transport. I want to be a foster I want to be both. You can kind of turn on and off the profiles. Um, and once that's created, then you can kind of sit back and let the system do its job so that when there's rescues and shelters that need your type of service, then the system helps them to, you know, essentially connect with you. So if there's a transport, you'll automatically get an email or notification on your phone, and you can go sign up and see where the animals are going from and to
1: that is so cool. I'm gonna actually when we wrap up here, I'm going to fill out my profile on Dubert so that I can for El Paso be in the system and ready whenever I can to volunteer because I would love to do that. So thank you so much. I want to propose a toast to all the you are doing for animal rescue. Thank you so much for bringing your talents of IT into the animal rescue space. Cheers to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I also want to propose a toast to our executive producer, Mark Winter, for making this show possible and to our audience. Thank you for joining us every week yes, we to love talk you. about pets. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. <laughs> To learn more about Covered in Pet Hair, please visit CoveredInPetHair.com or PetLifeRadio.com. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you next time.
0: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on
1: PetLifeRadio.com.